the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest. Good morning and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. I'm Wendy Jones, your host. And as you all know, I also have a business called Next Steps for Seniors and a foundation um, that really helps seniors. But the purpose of today's radio program is truly to reach out and share information that we feel is pertinent. And one of the things, the, the biggest topic today that we're going to discuss is Alzheimer's. And really, I'm going to say dementia, because dementia is like the umbrella Alzheimer's is inside the umbrella. There's number, I mean, hundreds of different types of dementia. But today, we're going to start talking about that mild cognitive impairment, MCI. If you ever see those words anywhere on a doctor's note or in a record, it means mild cognitive impairment. And I'm very blessed today because with me is Kathy Schaefer. Kathy Schaefer has been in the healthcare arena for many years and specifically worked in memory care communities. And you may have heard that word memory care, and we're going to get into that later. <laughs> but first, let me introduce Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. How are you today? Morning. Good. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank You're you for welcome. your knowledge and thank you for what you've done every day for many, many, many years, taking care of our seniors. And you've seen a lot. Um, and you and I have talked a lot over the course of years, so I'm blessed to have you here today because I feel like this is a very, I'm going to say challenging topic to talk about, but it's also very necessary. And this is why I'm glad you're here because we can, and I want to just preface listeners, I'm not a physician, I'm not an RN, I'm not a licensed anything. I've just got a lot of experience in my head, and same thing with with Kathy. But she is a C. What tell them? Explain to them. Certified dementia practitioner. It's an accreditation through um, the 
the governing body of um, dementia caregivers and um, physicians and things. Okay. Okay. So she's a CDP, which is definitely helpful, <laughs> especially with the discussion we're about to have. But, you know, listeners, a lot of people call when there's a tragic situation in their lives. That's when they call our office. But there's a lot of things that happen prior to that, that people just aren't aware that they, these are signs and symptoms. And this is why we're here today. We want to share those signs, those symptoms, and have the discussion with you today so that you can be watching, be aware. This isn't to put fear into you. This is just to give you things to think about and pre-thinking about things ahead of time before they get to the tragic situation. So that's why we're here today. So so Kathy, let's kind of start our discussion with, with early signs. You know, signs that a loved one is maybe hiding some of their challenges. Yeah, that that's very common, and they're very good at it, unfortunately. Um, you know, if they're having trouble with finding the right word, they'll say, well, you know, that thing, or I need to go to, you know, that place over there. Um, words are lost easily for people with dementia. Um, they forget appointments, or they go out in the car and they get lost, and um, they no longer self-initiate things like um, planning a, a Christmas dinner, or they don't do that any longer because they're not comfortable in um, social settings, yeah. and and you know they they it's too overwhelming for them to get to the point that that is um, something that they could facilitate any longer. Um, change in eating habits, change in just their daily routine. Like um, what type of eating habit changes would you well, give us an example? Well, one of the things that always concerns us is what they're eating. Is it safe? Is it appropriate for them to be eating? Um, because sometimes things get left in the fridge a long time or they don't, they get you know put on the counter and they should have been refrigerated. Um, and just, I think their habits change in that at some point, sometimes chewing and, and digestion becomes an issue just because your brain's not firing properly for that to happen. Um, but they just, they don't see the purpose in eating or they eat way too much. Um, sometimes sugar is a big, um, challenge. Sugar is a challenge with everybody yeah. <laughs> and we all need to do a better job decreasing. Exactly. Exactly. Lie. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things, this is just an example. I went to visit a sweet man in his home and he had his milk in the pantry. So when I got there, you know, he's like, oh, I just had breakfast. And he's telling me, cause I, I always ask about what they've had for breakfast. And then after they tell me, I go look to see if it's in the house. Right. Cause I was at a house before when she said she had eggs and bacon and, and when I went to the fridge, it was empty. Mm -hmm. So we know she didn't have, but, but like you said, it's re they're really good at telling you that they've had all these things. So the milk was in the pantry. So of course I touched it first to make sure it was still cold and yeah. then I moved it back to the fridge. But, but if you start, you know, it goes somewhere. Okay. The milk's on the table and you're thinking, I've got to put this away but I don't know exactly where. I know it goes somewhere over here, and it's in a door. So the di the difference between a pantry and a refrigerator to them is the same thing now. Exactly. So this exactly. is the best way I can use to explain it, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's just they're not identifying. They're putting it someplace, but they're not identifying the fact that it needs to be cold. 
So, you know, they put it away, which is what we've always been taught. And, you know, when you're done, I mean, you put your stuff away, but they don't have that trigger that says, oh, this is supposed to be cold. Right. And so it spoils and hopefully they realize it before they use it again. Right. But that doesn't always happen. And so that's what, you know, emergencies come up with people having um, food poisoning or, you know, and they, and they can't tell you why. So the reason I feel like the beginning stages are so important is because the number one thing that I've seen happen is people forget to take their medications Mm -hmm. or they don't know if they took them or not Mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. And here's the problem with that. If you're on a blood pressure medicine and you're, you have some memory loss and you are not taking your blood pressure medicine for five days, you could end up in the hospital. Absolutely. And you don't even know that you didn't take your medicine for five days. So listeners, this is the part that I think is so important is the number one thing I think outside of driving, which to me is actually probably more important now that I'm thinking about it, because you are risking other people's lives. Okay, so pretend you have a two-year-old and he's running across the street. Would you want your mom in the car driving down the street and being able to stop before hitting that two-year-old? This right. is what I tell every single family that has a loved one who's driving and they're like, eh, I think they're okay. They don't go too far. Longer, they just go to the grocery store, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I say, "Oh, okay." So if a two-year-old ran out in front of them, they would have enough enough quickness and efficiency to get their foot off the gas and onto the brake and stop the car, not keep rolling, but physically stop the car before hitting the two-year-old. If you say yes to that, then okay, your mom and dad should still be driving. If you say no to that, please, please. Let's talk about taking those keys and putting or taking the battery out of the car or the car's broken or your son, he needs a car. He's, he's graduating from college and mom, this is a great time for you to help out my boy, blah, blah, blah. There's so many things we can do that wouldn't make it feel right Mm -hmm, too mm -hmm, wrong. mm -hmm. But the medications back to that, don't you feel like if they had a medication reminder system, a system where lights go off, bells ring. I mean, they have a ton of these now. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it only opens at a certain time. And if you don't take it at that time, the next one won't open. And, you know, all these different medications. Right. But we need to know that they're taking their meds. And they need to know that they're taking their meds. Absolutely. It's yeah. so important and because it could lead to a hospitalization, which, again, we want to avoid. Well, and, and so many of the medications that they may be taking are because of these challenges that they're having. So you want to make sure that they're taking those in and at the right time, the right dosage, you can't depend on them, even in early stages of dementia, to really understand that that routine that needs to happen. So the option is they have automated containers that you can, you know, like you said, they just pop up. Um, there are in communities, there are um, med passers that will make sure that um, the resident has their meds when they're supposed to. Um, but it is, it's critical that they have them every day at the same time. With and or without food too. With or without food. And it, it's part of that structure and they react really well to structure consistency. So if you can get them in that routine, they can learn new routines. It's just the, um, making, making sure that they understand the importance of it. Of the routine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting up and doing the same thing every morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
doing the same thing every night, you know, right. having a routine is really important for right. people that have some memory issues. Yeah. And family can do it. I mean, I've done it myself with, with my dad. Um, however, we found that the best, um, use for him at this point is that it's, um, done by, uh, med passing, um, technician mm-hmm. in the community he lives in. Yes. And listeners, if you know what the medications are used for, you know what they look like, you can describe them and you understand why you're taking them, then you're completely fine to take the meds on your own. If you don't know what the yellow pill does or the name of it, then you may not be completely fine taking your meds on your own. Does that make sense? Right, Kathy? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because that's, that's what they use as a a delineator, right? If you understand everything you're taking, then you're absolutely good. If you only know, oh, I need to take them at two o'clock and that's all you know, that's probably not great. (laughs) We're going to be back in just one second to continue this conversation after this break. This is Wendy Jones and you're listening to The Patriot FM 101.5 AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Our topic today is dementia. And we're walking through the process with our listeners. We've got Kathy Schaefer here, who is a CDP, Certified Dementia Practitioner, and really understands, has worked with people throughout her lifetime, really. And between her and my experiences, I feel like this is just an opportunity, listeners, for us just to share what we've learned, what we know uh, with you, listeners, who may be struggling with some of these areas. So we were just talking about, Kathy, the, the medications mm-hmm. and describing them in that. So we were you were going to share something about that. Well, you know, there, it's really hard for families that aren't in the area and don't have access to their family member. You know, we often see during the holidays, somebody comes in for, you know, a holiday visit, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my goodness, something is not right here. And so then they you know, start the process. However, they have to go home too. So they can't go to their loved one's um, home every day and and help them with that medication. So they need to find um, a solution for that. There are these pop-up, you know, electronic um, boxes. Systems, medication management systems. Mm -hmm. Um, Or there's, you know, home care that sometimes can do that kind of medication. Um, I think that I'm I'm an advocate of um, people that have progressed in their dementia to be in a community environment because that's all right there for them. However, that's not reasonable or uh, feasible for some, you know. Um, but the medication, you know, there's no cure, but the medication that specifically for dementias are meant to slow the progression or um, soften some of the symptoms. Um, there's also uses of um, uh, sedation medications for people that are having sleep issues, um, anxiety medication, depression medication, which all can sort of help them along the way in um, their journey in that, you know, there's there's no cure, but these can help them alleviate some of the signs and symptoms. And some of those signs and symptoms that I've heard about are like, drastic mood swings. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. are some other ones that you've heard? Oh, well, unfortunately, the, the bad ones, uh, you know, are, are combativeness, um, the mistrust, they have delusions, there are hallucinations, um, not able to, you know, they're in denial of a diagnosis, they, they don't have nothing's wrong with them. They don't um, have those those problems. 
Um, safety is, is a big one because they just can't recognize when, when they might be in jeopardy. Um, you know, leaving the house um, unattended, driving when they shouldn't be. All of those things are things that it's very hard to convince that they um, convince them that those aren't things that they can do any longer because they always did them. Early on, it's more like confusion or, um, as I said earlier, covering up and, oh, I forgot that. No, oh, I, but I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, but that's what the family, the sooner they recognize those, the better. Yes. Yeah. So, so the early signs and symptoms we talked about a little bit, the first things are, you know, medications, driving, cooking is a big one too, mm-hmm. because please, um, please, 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 if you forget to turn the stove off repeatedly, then you shouldn't be using mm-hmm. the stove. Mm-hmm. This is, this is really important because it would be very easy to be drying t- dishes and set your, this happened, mm-hmm. set your dish, dish towel on the stove forgetting that you left it on right. and now the house is on fire. And and this is a true story. So the family, you know, the kids were like, Oh, you know, mom was fine, but mom wasn't fine. She was no. already showing signs and symptoms, but nobody was with her enough to see. Right. Them. Right. Or you're with them all the time. So you don't notice them either. This exactly. could be another problem, right? Or they could have been, there could have been quirks their whole life that sort of, you know, lean to, some of these challenges. Um, I think one of the things that worries me the most is the wandering. I've had more people tell me, um, oh, no, they can't leave the house. I've got a lock here, and I've got a lock here. And I, These people are like Houdini. They're very um, driven to do what they want to do. There's a, they have a purpose in wanting to leave. They can't always tell you why. It's often seeking um uh, their parents or something that they're missing or something that they, they're going to go to church and they haven't driven to church in, you know, five years, but they decide that they're going to walk or they're going, it's just, and especially when the weather's bad, um, they can get it's out. It's dangerous. Oh, it's really safety dangerous. Really? I, I mean, my gut is just family safety is the number one thing. It is. Okay. It is. So in, in keeping in a routine, all of that is important. Um, let's move into, is a diagnosis of dementia truly important? I think, again, it depends on what those um, signs and symptoms are. If there's something that is um, very drastic, I'm thinking in terms of like Lewy body dementia. Um, yes, they, they need to know that. If it's just the onset of these quirks or um, habits that, just are, you know, they're not really dangerous to them. They've forgotten something or they've, um, how about if you can't find your phone ever? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's one of those, but you know, we always say that it's, it's not so much if you lose your phone and you find it and it's in the fridge, people think, Oh no, Oh no, no, you found it. As long as you know what it's for, car keys are the same way. If you find your car keys in your laundry bin, well, you know what they're for. Oh, here's my car keys I've been looking for. If you don't know, that's when we are. are yeah, you find the keys and you look at them and you're like, you go, what, what do I, do I, do I use I do these the, for? Yeah, exactly. That's when you know it's serious. Exactly. Okay, okay. And the, and the diagnosis is really comes from a physician by going to the doctor. If you're questioning whether you have it or not, 
you can go to the doctor. Isn't there a test they do some with a clock? Yeah, Let's there's a clock about test. That. It's it's a very basic. They ask you to um, indicate on a on a piece of paper that has a clock. Um, put the numbers on it, and then set it at 6.02 or, or something like that. There's other testing that can be done. Um, it's pretty um, basic and works for that basic dementia. If someone is having, like I said, symptoms of some other kind of dementia than the basic, um, you know, seeing a, a neurologist, um, a psychiatrist, um those are people that can sometimes help with those. Dementia is a hard thing for physicians to work with, in my opinion, only because they're used to being able to fix things. And this isn't something they can fix. So sometimes you're um, better off, in my opinion, working with a psychologist or a psychiatrist because they can prescribe the medication that will eliminate or control some of the symptoms like the aggression or the um, depression, the acting out, um, things that make it difficult for families as well as if they're in a community setting to live to be taken care of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you bring up a great point because the neurologist does a brain scan, correct? Mm -hmm. And -hmm. what they're looking for and the way it was explained to me is the outside of the brain begins to plaques and tangles or something. Plaques and tangles. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Begins Mm -hmm. to kind of die off Mm -hmm. and the inside Mm -hmm. is still there. So you're losing parts of like your memory. Right. Right. You are. And, and what people don't realize is that, um, when that's happening, it, it isn't necessarily, um, something that it, it can't be stopped number one, but it doesn't, um, pertain as much to the severity um, the, this of the sc- symptoms? Yeah, the, the scans are difficult to indicate where some of the symptoms are because they you would think that a certain part of your brain and some of the things that it causes, balance issues, mobility issues, um, that's because that part of the brain is being affected at that point. It may not be a memory area, or it may not be, um, you know, and if it's something like a vascular dementia, that's affecting the the blood flow in the brain. So that's going to indicate uh, certain signs and symptoms. So it's not, some of the tests just aren't specific enough at this point. And it may, I mean, now that you're saying this too, listeners, this is, this is a really good point because I have had people call me and say, this is what's happening with my mom. Should I take her to the hospital? And I say, what do you want to be accomplished at the hospital? That's always my first question. And they say, well, I want to know if she has dementia. And I say to them, well, is that going to change anything? Right. You know, because absolutely. I I mean, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when the doctor's like, oh, you have, you know, some kind of skin problem on your, and then right away, that's all I'm thinking about Mm -hmm, is my skin. mm -hmm, So my whole life just changed because I went to the dermatologist. Now, not saying don't go to the dermatologist, but if it's, if you already know, right, you Mm -hmm. have something going on and you have to do something about it, right? We're going to, we're going to change the living arrangements. Mm -hmm. We're going to move to a community. We're going to get a caregiver. We're going to have someone in, come in mom and help you eat, you know, whatever, 
do you really have to have the diagnosis? So that, you know, every physician would probably say yes. So that's why I'm prefacing you and I are not physicians. Right. But um, is it always absolutely necessary? Some um, communities, especially memory care communities. Oh, we got to take a break. We'll be back in just one minute. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. As you know, each and every week we bring up different topics on this program. The topic this week is dementia and understanding the signs and symptoms, what we can do about it, just talking really about the whole process. And Kathy is a certified dementia practitioner and has a lot of experience. You were going to, we were talking a little bit about, is it necessary to know the different stages and where they're at utilizing a brain scan? So tell us a little bit more about what you were going to say. Yeah. And it's very, it's not a subjective process. So sometimes, no, to me, it's not necessary to put um, a family member or a loved one through that process because it can be very disconcerting to them and they don't understand and they don't know why they're doing this. Um, but there are in some community settings, um, memory care communities in particular, some assisted livings will require a diagnosis or some kind of documentation from a doctor that says that, you know, they um, have been diagnosed with some, Some of kind dementia. of dementia, whether it's specific or not. Um, and usually there's two doctors, and especially if there's a guardianship situation or someone is trying to, you know, their power of attorney and they're trying to admit someone into um, a dementia or uh, memory care community. Okay, and that brings up a great point because usually, listeners, you start at home, then you the family starts giving the meds, maybe making meals for them, then maybe you get a caregiver to do that because now you're exhausted. And then after you've gone as long as you can possibly go because mom and dad want to stay home, then you say, okay, mom, we're going to move into an assisted living. And then we're going to move into a memory care. Like this is the graduating process. So this could be over the course of years, you know, years, 10 years. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't know, right? Only mm-hmm. God knows that. So, but it's, it's good to understand the process, but at some point you're saying in order to move into that last community setting at the very end stages, you might need a diagnosis from a actual neurologist or some type of physician. Right. And at that point that the loved one needs representation as either a power of attorney or a guardian, because they can't make those decisions for themselves any longer. And that, okay. Thank you for bringing that up. Listeners, this is the most important thing, I think, as a takeaway today, because if you see some sort of signs in anyone, every, anything that we've talked about today in the last two segments, and you don't have a power of attorney document, there could be some problems. And here's some of the problems that you know right now. I mm-hmm. mean, you go to the doctor to get a diagnosis, and they tell you you have dementia, and now you can't even make those decisions. Mm-hmm. So who's going to help you do all of this? You don't right. have anybody right. unless you have a power of attorney. You can become a ward of the state, and, and that you certainly don't want to have um, a guardian that isn't someone that cares for you and is has your best interest at heart. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there that would take advantage of that, even court-appointed attor- um, powers of attorney I've known to be less than um, honest it's an area that we need to have our guard up. We need to be educated on. And so I just 
I'm going to challenge everybody, anyone who can hear my voice <laughs> right now, if you have a, any family member that you're noticing any type of, I'm going to say, mild cognitive impairment. Deficits. Any deficits in memory, please get those documents right away. Yep. And if you have questions on how to get those documents, you can call my office. We have plenty of elder law attorneys um, that we can recommend for you. So back to the interventions, um, what is the first, I mean, we're not physicians, I keep saying this, what is the first med that people usually prescribe? Isn't it like Aricept? Aricept and Namenda are usually paired together. Um, Some of the challenges that it's, up in the air as to how effective they truly are, um, but it works well for some people. There are some side effects, intestinal, um, digestive, that um, tend to be more harm than good. Um, think of somebody that's you know not understanding their whole life process and what's going on and why things are happening, and then they start having digestive issues or um, incontinence issues. Um, that can be, to me, more detrimental than actually helping with the um, disease. There's a new um, medication that's just been approved by the FDA for um, research and to do a trial, and I don't know the name of it, um, but it's ver- there's very good hope that it actually could be a preventative um, situation it's down the road yet. But um, doctors also prescribe, as I said before, sedatives, um, some anti-anxiety or depression medications that can help with... In the know, process. In the process, yeah. So sleep is a big thing. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about that. What happens? And we only have five minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> sleep is, is, is a challenge. Um, you know, as people age, they don't tend to need as much sleep as they used to. They're not as active as they were. So they aren't as tired or as challenged with sleep. However, um, it's not unusual for them to get days and nights mixed up. We call it sundowning. Um, sundowning is a process or a situation where, um, Later in the afternoon, usually, for some reason, the aggression or the um, anxiety just really ramps up. I've had many ladies tell me at you know four thirty, oh, I've got to, I've got to go now. I've got to go home and make dinner for my kids, or I've got to pick up the kids at the bus stop. Well, this woman has great grandchildren, not just her own children, but they don't realize that that's things that were important to them. That was structure every day when they got home. I had one lady that would lived in one of my communities, and at 4.30 or 4.35, she had to put her lipstick on because her husband would be coming oh, home. Oh, how yeah, cute is yeah. that? And, and, you know, those were the things. And, and those are um, manageable. Those are, you know, a lot of redirection. Um, purpose. This is at late stages of... Yeah, but it can be early on, too. Okay. And sometimes that's one of the first symptoms for people. And again, it may not be as early as they think because they don't, know that it's been happening. So, you know, as far as recognizing symptoms, that's something different than when the symptoms started. Yes. That makes sense. Absolutely. It does make sense. Yeah. It absolutely makes sense. So some of the biggest um, concerns for families and caregivers 
is telling people when they're wrong. So let, let's talk a little bit how to talk through situations because, you know, if you're convinced that this pen that I'm holding in my hand is a toothbrush, you know, clearly that person has dementia. Absolutely. They're very confused. They have no idea. This is just an example, listeners. Yeah. How, how would you respond to that? Well, there's no point in telling them, no, that's not um, a toothbrush or not a pen. You need to take the things out of their world that are causing those kinds of, of confusion. Simplify it. You know, don't have stuff that they don't need around them. Um, and you just sort of have to talk through it. And at some point, it's like, okay, well, today we're going to do it this way. And this is what, you know, you need to do in the future. But again, they're not going to remember a lot of repetition, a lot of reminders. Um, and it's really, really hard, but you've got to stay away from being frustrated. Um, you've got to understand that they, they're, they're not they don't doing know. this on purpose. And it's not them. No, they're not trying to be defiant. They're not trying to be difficult. It's, it's just how they see the situation. What's going on at that point? Mm -hmm. I I highly recommend simplifying life as much as you possibly can. Absolutely. So taking out moving parts that aren't necessary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you think of your day to day routine, what things can you take out that maybe you know aren't a necessity? So I had a client who had early stages of dementia. She was very overwhelmed by everything. She was overwhelmed by her house, by cleaning, by cooking, by getting dressed in the morning. So I, this is what I said. I said, okay, let's put only the clothes that you need for the next two weeks over here in this closet. Let's take everything out of your refrigerator. Let's, what, what are the things that you like to eat? You know, two or three things. So routine, right? Mm -hmm. We said it in the beginning, narrowing the big broad scope down to little scopes. You don't go in the basement anymore. You don't go upstairs anymore. You're just using this room in this room. And that really, after we did that for six months, after that, I was like, she's ready for a community right? because she right. needed socialization. So then we moved her into a, in a community and assisted living and she's so, she's thriving right? because right. she's got one little room and she goes to dinner, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Everything's routine. Mm -hmm. It's set up and it's done for her. She doesn't get overwhelmed. I think the word is overwhelmed. It, it is. And you're giving her that structure and the consistency that she really benefits from and she really wants but she doesn't know how to express that. Um, I we got like 20 seconds. No, this is important. <laughs> Keep going. I think that, um, you know, it, it's all about recognizing those things um, before it gets to that point. Before you're overwhelmed every day, all day long. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a second. You're listening to The Patriot FM 101.5 AM 1400. And we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. We are here today with Kathy Schaefer, and we're talking about dementia. Dementia is a hot topic. Number one, it is on the rise, which is a little defeating, but that's why we're here. We're here to educate you, to help you process through what dementia is and how to manage it. Because guess what? Everything in life is manageable at some point, and there are options. People think, oh, I have no options. You have options in every decision you make. It's just whether you're educated on them or not. And that's why Next Steps for Seniors does our best to educate you on what all those options are. 
And that's why we're here today with Kathy, because we've learned a lot about dementia. There are, there's a ton more to learn, but at least you're starting to understand. <laughs> and in, in future programs, we will be talking more in more detail. Um, but one of the things I wanted to mention before we get started on this segment, and this is our last segment, listeners, I know it went so fast, but I had an audiologist on, on my radio program a, a couple weeks, not weeks, probably months ago, and he actually said, if you can't hear well, that it affects your brain. And I think this is really important, listeners, because we get our eyes checked, we go to the physician, we get our bodies checked. How many times are people going to the ear doctor and getting your ears checked? If you can't hear something, you don't know. You assume that it's normal. And if people are repeatedly saying to you or having to repeat themselves to you, have you considered that maybe your ears really are being affected? And then maybe your brain truly could be affected because if you don't hear something for a long period of time, your brain actually could stop thinking of it, is what he said. They wouldn't, he wouldn't recognize what it is. So I just, like I said, I'm not a doctor, but I'm challenging you listeners, pay attention to these things. Pay attention to your loved one's hearing. How many times you have to repeat? Is the brain processing what the ears are bringing in? Because that's the only way our brain has to work, is what it hears, what it sees, and you know, smells. Like These are all important things in our body that are telling our brain what's going on around us. So I just want to share that with you. The other thing really quick is hormones. You know, there's a menopause doctor that I go to and and we do have a physician coming on next week. So stay tuned on this. That's going to talk all about hormones. But I do and have heard repeatedly if men have low testosterone, there could potentially be a tie-in with memory loss. Mm -hmm. That's significant. How easy is it to fix? To take a pill? I mean, come on. Yeah. Testosterone yeah. is an easy fix. Women, I want to say it's estrogen that's decreased. That And again, tune in next week. But these are things that we all need to just be educated on. We need to, we need to know what our options are. Um, it's a lot easier to fix hormones than it is to fix MS or... ALS or right. Mm -hmm. So let's make sure we get to the root cause of what the problems are in our body. If something is not normal. Absolutely. So I, let's go back to, I think you mentioned during break, you know, unpredictability. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is the biggest. I don't think anybody until they're in the heat of it with a loved one understands how impulsive and unpredictable this disease is. Um, it can, it can come on in, in a moment, and um, I had an experience with a very, very dear friend's dad who developed Lewy body dementia, which is a very specific dementia and a very um, aggressive. Difficult to Difficult yeah. to handle. There's a lot of combativeness and delusions and hallucinations and things. Um, but, you know, it, it, the doctors, I mean, they lived in Florida, and they went to doctors, and the doctors were like, oh, you know, I don't really know what it is. Um, and so you really have to be an advocate for the people that you love. And you really have to keep doing your research, making sure that everything that um, has been suggested as, is in place. Um, and it's like you said, it's manageable. It's not easy. And you need a team. You need a group. You know, you got to find your, your tribe. Your core, yeah. And, and whether it's... Uh, caregiver support groups, which I highly recommend, the Alzheimer's Association, um, sometimes as even you as a caregiver um, should 
seek out help from a psychologist or um, somebody that understands the disease because knowledge is important and it helps you understand where your loved one is. So I think that's really, you know, you've got to take care of yourself too. And listeners, this is this is a true fact. And um, Kathy, maybe you know the percentage. Isn't it like 65% of caregivers usually pass before the one they're caring for? It's a high number. Uh, yeah, it, I think it. I think it's like half it's or, or something, but it just depends. And it may have increased because of the number of cases there are now. But, but we yeah, have to take care I of mean, ourselves. It, and then where are you leaving? You know, if you pass away and you're the primary caregiver, then where are you leaving your loved one? I mean, they're, they're really in a pickle at that point because they don't, you know, no one will know. No one will know what their needs are unless they've taken care of them. Well, and there's a reason that on an airplane, they say, put your air on first and then do your, exactly. <laughs> do your loved ones. Exactly. Because you're no good to anybody Mm-mm. if we don't take care of ourselves. Same thing. So yeah. I think this is important, listeners, for any caregivers out there right now who are every single day in the battle, in the battle of getting your loved one dressed, feeding your loved one, caring for your loved one on a day-to-day basis, wouldn't it be nice to have someone else doing that, like a, like a, bring in a caregiver to do that, and then you can spend quality time, you know, loving on them, going for a walk, whatever the things are that you enjoy doing with them. So I just want to encourage you listeners, time is, you know, we all have the same amount of time, right? Time doesn't change for anybody. And aging doesn't change for anybody. You know, we kind of joke about it like, oh, I'm not going to age. Well, guess what? We all do. So this is going to happen, not necessarily dementia, but to many of us as we age, things start happening. So we have a choice to make, right? We can embrace this time. We can make the best out of it, or we can go cry in a corner. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. You would think that um, the more educated you are and the more you've been exposed to this kind of situation, it would be easier when you have a loved one that's going through this. And um, I found that that's not true. It's still my dad. And I still have um, the same concerns and complaints that I've heard families say all these years. You know, how is this affecting me? How is this affecting my family? Um, it's, it's, again, it, it takes a village to make sure that all the pieces are in place and, um, to me, education is, is key for the, the family to understand where, where they're at. And I like your, your term village. Uh, really engage in this time with others. Mm-hmm. Bring, mm-hmm. you know, if you can come every Tuesday and you can come every Wednesday. I mean, if you have a good core network of friends, they're not probably going to ask for help. You just show up. You're like, I'm here to help you. Here's a meal. Right. Right. There, <laughs> there's there's do. challenges, you know, with that, with people, with their, even with my kids and my grandchildren, you know, it's hard. Um, they have their own lives to live. I happen to be an only child. So it's my husband and I and my kids, mm-hmm. you know, that are caring for it. But there are resources out there. ALZ.org is, is a huge re- resource. Um, all kinds of information and all kinds of senior related things, not only dementia. Um, they can also refer you to products and uh, things like the um, med passing, um, mm-hmm. me- mechanical uh, right. situations. There's, there's, uh, you just got to look for it. Right. And, and it, it's easier than it ever was because all you have to do is, as my husband would say, just Google it. 
you know, I <laughs> well, mean, we, we at Next Steps for Seniors do have a lot of this information absolutely. for you. So feel free to call. We have a lot of resources and we can give you, but I, I love the ALZ.org because there is, and we, uh, Next Steps for Seniors are doing a team for the Alzheimer's oh, Walk good, this good. year to support that. And, you know, it's a team event. We love doing things for other people. And this is an opportunity to give back. And listeners, this is, this is really why we're here, right? We're here to help you go through this together. So I just want to encourage you, feel free to call our office. We have both the foundation and the business. So our foundation actually helps people who have low, um, moderate, low to moderate income. They're in the forgotten middle. Let me just mm-hmm. say that because mm-hmm. Medicaid will cover a lot of our low income, but these places, like we talked about, the memory care could be up to six, seven, eight thousand dollars a month. Oh, this is not easily. covered under insurance. Mm-hmm. So there is a gap in our society, really. In oh, our absolutely. That's pretty extensive and it's growing. So I just want to make you aware of that too, listeners. And if you want to donate to the foundation, it is Next Steps, the number four seniors, foundation.org. Um, another way to give back and to help those that are in need, because unfortunately, all of this care is not covered by insurance. And it's very, it can be very expensive. It is very expensive. And um, just bringing in a caregiver to your house could be like $30 an hour. Oh, at so, least. At least. Yeah. So these are the things we're here to help you with. And I think it's important to know. And Kathy, I can't thank you enough for oh, your, your knowledge, your experience, your desire. And I pray for you and your, and your dad. And, you know, it doesn't make it easier. Just because we no. have some information, sometimes it even makes it harder because we actually know. We know more. <laughs> and then my husband always says to me, you know too much. Just let just let it go. Think of, be, yeah. be his daughter. Pretend. Don't yeah. be the, you know, CDP. Exactly. <laughs> You're listening to The Patriot FM 101.5 AM 1400. And again, next week, tune in because we will have... Um, a physician talking about hormones. And I think it's an important part as we age. Absolutely. A lot of times we're not paying attention to it and it's very vital. Have a blessed week. You've been listening to this week's edition of Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. You can reach Wendy with any questions you have at area 248-651-5010. That's 248-651-5010. Join us again next week as Wendy provides more information and resources for those important next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.